Namaste friends. Today I'm going to interview Rajiv Malhotra on his latest book, Artificial Intelligence and the Future of Power. This is what the book looks like. It's a real heavyweight book. And Rajiv, I must confess, as much as I have read of your book, as with all your earlier books, this latest one is another bombshell. It isn't just a book. And it is going to shake people out of complacence. Anybody who reads it seriously will actually have a lot to think about, a lot to worry about, a lot to angst about. Now, I would like you to start with telling our viewers, what is your definition of artificial intelligence? So artificial intelligence is not one technology, but actually it's a whole cluster of technologies. It includes nanotechnology, natural language processing, wearables. Uh, it includes drones. It includes semiconductors. It includes quantum computing. All these are separate technologies that have gone in, uh, ahead in their own way. But artificial intelligence or the mind, just like the brain puts all the body together, it's the mind that brings all these things together. It empowers them. It's a force multiplier. And it, it, uh, it, its function, uh, that's the technological view, but its function is to augment the mind, amplify the mind, substitute for the mind, supersede the mind, mimic the mind, but it's all about mind. So just like a technology which does something for your muscles, it, make, it, uh, it carries more weight or travels faster like a car. It, it is an amplifier of your muscular body. And just like we have technologies that amplify your vision, you know, telescopes, microscopes, electron microscopes, and they just amplify your vision. So this thing amplifies your mind. So whatever is mental work, uh, instead of 50 people, instead of 50 pilots in a, on an airplane, uh, keeping track of so many enemies and missiles, uh, one pilot in a Raphael jet uh, with artificial intelligence can track all of them, can calculate which missile is going where, what are the strategies, what to do. So it, it amplifies the capability of one pilot as though it were 50. Uh, so it, uh, it, it also allows people to do things a lot faster. Uh, for instance, uh, uh, facial recognition. Uh, if there is a few images, few pictures of Madhu, uh, and they want to find out where is Madhu in this stadium with 50,000 people. A drone can go and with facial recognition, look at everybody's face and quickly pick out and say, this one is Madhu. So it can pick up if, whether you are wearing glasses that day, not wearing glasses that day, whatever your facial expression may be, it can still say that's Madhu. So this ability to do things which normally we feel require intelligence is artificial intelligence. So basically, artificial intelligence builds on a map or a model of how intelligence works. And if the model is successful, then you can replicate it more easily, better. If the model is not successful, you got to keep building on it. So this AI concept has been around for several decades, but recently it became hugely successful because of massive computing power, a large amount of data called big data, which is now available to understand how things work and reverse engineer. So this has now become uh, uh, the cutting edge field in computer science. Now, I want to also explain to you uh, a lot in, in many ways, what I just described as artificial intelligence is normally computers also, you know, computers are always doing this. So you can say what's new. There's something dramatically new in AI from previous computer science, because in previous computer science, the programmer needed to know how 
a certain certain thing functions and then he could put it into the computer you can only program what you understand but ai here is the here is the important point in ai you don't need to know how an intelligent system works you can you there is something called machine learning which figures out how it works so for instance so for instance you are cooking a certain recipe and what the old ways you write it down here is how you cook and that's the uh, computer programming approach and your recipe is called an algorithm in computer terminology so you can write down the algorithm how to make uh, you know uh, you know whatever aloo paratha so that is your recipe but let's say you don't want to tell me and you don't want to write down how you make this aloo paratha so delicious but we have ways of looking at how you're making it so from the data of how you are making it we we decipher and reverse reverse engineer what your recipe must be so we we learn the recipe by just watching you so is it primarily an uh, an instrument of surveillance very intrusive in, instrument of surveillance and how is it going to impact indian society surveillance is one uh, of the uses of uh, artificial intelligence because when you do surveillance with a lot of sensors you have what is called big data you are gathering big data and then from that you can understand people's behavior you can model their behavior like a psychologist the more the psychologist knows about you the more they can understand your behavior the more they can even predict what your behavior will be like under different circumstances so this is watching your behavior watching what messages you send what kind of pictures you post where you are traveling who your friends are what you are buying where you click where you don't click so every single click on the social media it enhances the machine learning knowledge about you so you are leaving footprints and signatures every single time so if somebody is listening to this they will know at on what at what points in time she nods when she approves something when she doesn't approve what happens to the tone and inflection of her voice so the ai system is able to be very minutely uh, do surveillance capturing information about you but it has also got great uses because it uh, the same intelligence can treat diseases uh, the same intelligence can be used for better uh, mental health uh, better education a uh, better agriculture it can understand the nature of disease of of uh, plants and figure out how to solve those things so the understanding nature's intelligence and and uh, allows it to intervene and supersede nature's intelligence or augment it or anticipate it like understanding the weather or understanding climate and understanding soil so you can predict what kind of a crop will come that is one aspect of ai but understanding human intelligence Uh, not just nature's intelligence but man made so man has made some kind of a missile or man has made some kind of a device something called, you know and being able to decode figure it out that also it does so it has a wide range of applications it is the future it is the present and future of computer science and uh, it will define haves and have nots how is it going to impact society at a wider level apart from uh, pushing things you don't want or as uh, seducing you into buying things which you otherwise may not need so you know there is this uh, uh, in my book i mentioned that uh, as machines get smarter people get dumber so one of the things that ai is doing is uh, encouraging pe- encouraging you to take the default action 
and leaving you leaving the thinking and decision making to the machine so you know you become more dependent on google devta if you ask google and he'll tell you what's right because you don't need to have knowledge now a lot of kids tell me that uh, whatever i need to know i'll ask siri i'll ask google i'll ask wikipedia and they'll tell me why should i have knowledge so now i have coined these terms google devta twitter devta facebook devta these are the devtas so we have surrendered our agency uh, we have surrendered our uh, our intelligence uh, become dumbed down uh, so now the more you dumb down the more this algorithm becomes smart in thinking about you figuring you out uh, it says when i sent sent this kind of post he responded when i sent that kind of post he didn't respond uh, when i when i send a certain kind of image certain kind of a picture he is more likely to respond not only in terms of what products he wants what vacations he wants but what fantasies he has what kind of uh, what what is in his unconscious that he's not even telling people but we know because he responds a certain way so we, what ideology will he like what is his ideology is he this left wing right wing middle wing whatever uh, what faith what is his views on faith what is his views on other people other indians how to make him angry at people how to make him fight so if there is a caa anti caa riot or an anti 370 riot or anti anything kind of riot these machine learning systems know a lot about different kind of population groups what their propensity is who will is likely to be able to get into a fight with somebody else with what ammunition whether it is fake news or real news if it is fake news they manufacture it uh, if it is real news they can also emphasize something obscure make it look more important so the ability to mold behavior to buy shoes uh, that same psychology that same artificial intelligence is also used to figure out how to make you convert to a certain faith how to make you angry how to make you revolt how to get into a riot so you know this is this, so the future of uh, uh psychological warfare the future of manipulating uh, human beings the future of uh, uh, digitally colonizing people mentally colonizing people making them emotionally depend on you is all because of ai so ai is the is the weapon it's a mental because it is about the mind it can also be used as a weapon against the mind so a large number of indians are into this ai uh, into the social media you me and we have given up what is called big data which means the the systems know more about madhukeshwar than any relative or friend knows about you and it, probably in certain ways it knows more about you than you know about yourself because it doesn't forget and you cannot uh, you may not remember certain things you may not want to remember certain things you may have done certain things kind of subconsciously not thinking twice about it but you, there is something called unconscious bias we all have unconscious bias so i'm not conscious of it but i have some biases the machine picks it up so as the more data you have given it which is called big data the smarter it is so the machines are becoming smarter uh, people are becoming more dependent on these machines machine is able to figure out the behavior of uh, of people and those people who own these machines the zuckerbergs of the world and so on have a huge amount of power over you so i have called this the return of the east india company in my book i've called it the return of the east india company and i've called that these are the new devatas that we're all buying to because they will give me pre- preference they will give me more retweets if i misbehave they will shadow ban me uh, somebody's post gets more uh, views than somebody else's posts even the same post i've seen we've done an experiment where five different people put up the same post uh, i put it up and bunch of other people but they have different profile they have a different profile their background is different their name is different so they all get treated differently by this by the youtube they all get treated differently by twitter so the this is highly personalized 
uh, knowledge uh, about your psychology, a personalized uh, kind of uh, uh, understanding of how your mind works. And this is to hack your agency. This is to, to use all this to get the better of you, to make you behave the way they want to. So the power of the, uh, the power of AI over the mind can be, you can figure out millions of applications for it, good and bad. In your book, you mentioned, Rajiv, in your book, you mentioned that China has leapfrogged into this yes. technology. Yes. And it's far ahead of European country. Is it because they are very good at mind manipulation anyway? Communists, communist regimes everywhere in the world has thrived on the basis or survived on the basis of mind management and total control, totalitarian control of the mind. So is this why China has invested so heavily into artificial intelligence and is way ahead of first world countries? See, we can't, we can't, uh, we can't uh, trivialize China's uh, combina- uh, contributions in AI. This is one aspect. But China is using AI for making robots that will be very good soldiers. So with all these cameras, it can uh, negotiate uh, potholes. It can negotiate climb a wall, climb a mountain. It will have it'll become more and more skilled compared to human uh, soldiers and be able to survive in very uh, adverse conditions, very cold climate, not need food, not fall ill, be disposable. So if the thing is broken, you finish it off. So imagine a robotic army which is, which is uh, the, the, the mechanical part is easy to do. So now it's the AI part to make it smarter and smarter. Uh, so uh, imagine a, an, a, a, a drone Air Force where CIA is developing a Air Force of, of a, a one lakh drones, one lakh planes. So they'll fly here, there, and uh, 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 you know, so you can dispose of them. Imagine a small drone this big uh, with a camera that has been programmed to look for a particular person and shoot him. Imagine what will you do against that? What will you do when when Pakistan gets huge amount of such material from China, which they are getting in in the process of getting? And uh, China uses Pakistan as sort of boots on the ground, uh, but gives them all this intelligence, uh, all this stuff to, uh, you know, invade India. Uh, Now you'll have drones, you'll have uh, coming in the middle of the night. They have night vision, which human beings don't have. Uh, they don't fall ill. They don't uh, need to sleep. I mean, the, 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 an army of drones and robots and uh, intelligent weapons of all kinds, intelligent missiles, is the future of warfare. And so China has invested heavily uh, in not only surveillance of its people and uh, social control, uh, which is called gamification. The term gamification means that you monitor individuals and you monitor societies and you evaluate them every action based on whether it's good or bad according to your value system and you gamify them which means you give them more rewards if they are if they get good points good behavior and you deduct points and punish them in various ways so in in china they are gamifying the country all the people uh, where if you behave in a certain way your views are correct and you are complying you didn't um, have a traffic violation you're standing in line properly i mean all these kind of things and you know it may be easier for you to get theater tickets it may be easier for you to get a discount on a plane so you get some rewards so this business of rewarding and punishing based on your behavior is called gamification but is the indian defense establishment aware of it aware of this challenge are they doing anything to meet up to it so I have been talking a lot to the defense people and uh, the answer is yes, but it's too little and too late. 
there are some fundamental technologies that India doesn't have. Uh, China has a 10-year lead or some huge lead on quantum computing uh, in uh, semiconductors, in avionics, uh, and so on. Uh, China is the largest uh, producer of robotics and drones in the world. So, you know, they placed some good bets. They placed some good bets long ago. And we, we are into Jagad, short term. And right now, right now, we have a lot of talk, uh, not as much action. Uh, the, the AI policy is coming just now. It's being discussed and debated. And I must say, I'm very disappointed with Niti Aayog. Uh, Niti Aayog uh, should have done this long ago. Uh, but even now, they are relying a lot on secondary sources. I mean, they've got, uh, you know, they, they often the AI strategy is quoting uh, the McKinsey or some foreign, uh, you know, consulting company on AI's impact and all that. Uh, actually, Indian society is very different. A bottom-up study of Indian society needs to be done in order to figure out what would be the right, uh, the best uh, optimum way of uh, using AI in India. And so I think... In, in a sense, the answer is yes, the Indian military is aware of it. Uh, and Indian military is very keen to do the best we can to catch up. But, uh, but on the other hand, catching up will not be easy. Uh, catching up will not be easy because the resources needed are huge. Uh, India, India has uh, lost this race. At least the first, first segment of the race, India has lost. Uh, and now the question is, can India catch up? Rajiv, in this book, you talked about the moronization of the masses. Yes. Now, coming on top of lumpenization of Indian youth through the formal education system, what we are producing, as you well know, even better than me, are unemployable young people. The British at least produced intelligent clerks. Right. We're not even producing competent peons. That's the level to which Indian education, school education, college education has sunk. On top of it, you're saying there's artificial intelligence, which is going to further moronize masses. Could you please elaborate on this? And does the government, is the government of India not filled with such moronized <laughs> yes. uh, bureaucrats, cops, Judicial officers. This is very important. You know, people don't want to hear this. People want to hear good news. Five thousand years ago, we were a great civilization. And we, we so they want to feel good. And uh, they don't want to be realistic and then do something about it because they don't want to face responsibility. So my book is telling them that, listen, the this addiction to social media dependence on uh, what will retweet more, how, what will, what will uh, uh, please uh, Twitter more uh, or any of these social media, uh, make us more dependent on it. The reliance on uh, such uh, you know, measures of uh, uh, social media as your prestige, as the barometer of prestige, matrimonial value, job value, political value, you know, your value as, a, as an icon, as a celebrity, all determined, all in the hands of these foreign people. It's like, it's like in the East India Company days, let's say the Raja was more interested in being in the good books of the East India Company because that would affect everything. And if they wanted, they could dump, bring this guy down, this Raja down and bring that Raja up and play one against the other if they wanted to because they controlled. So now the, 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 these digital giants armed with AI are controlling the destinies of 1.3 billion Indians because we don't have our own platforms the way China has its own own platforms. India, in, India sold out to these people. Uh, and, and I have a lot to say 
I, I, I'm very upset at the way India has sold out to these people. The government. Please say it loud and clear, because many of us are deeply distressed at this sellout. Please, coming from you, it will have an impact. The book was ready a couple of years ago. Uh, I've been working on it for five years. Nobody would hear me. I would go around talking to a lot of ministers in Delhi. A lot they would send me here. They would talk, treat me nicely, politely, but they wouldn't do a darn thing. Uh, then the bureaucrats the same way. Uh, so uh, I gave talks privately. I wanted to make an impact privately first, and nothing uh, was. Uh, they were they were not uh, doing anything. So um, I uh, I I'm quite upset at the. Uh, many policies of India. The most recent one was uh, uh, about six, eight months ago, uh, India in, uh, invited uh, Google and uh, Facebook to invest a huge amount of money in uh, Geo, Reliance Geo. Uh, I actually went to a dear friend of mine whom we both know, who's a well-known economist, very big public figure. Uh, and I said to him, uh, you know, I'm very concerned about it. I need to write an article. I, it's in my book, but I'll write a 10-page article and can you get it published so that maybe they can have an inquiry on whether Geo should go ahead and make this uh, thing or not. It's against the national interest. It's a national security threat because they'll have access to all the data. They, WhatsApp will know uh, and Google people will know even more about Indians than they already know because Geo is opening the floodgates, opening the door to them. Geo is bringing them into this country. And they're killing rival... Um, companies like Airtel. So what is happening is because of Geo's power, Geo makes money out of it as the zamindars. Zamindar, Geo's zamindar, Google has come and invested in them, given them the money, given them the technology, build them up. Uh, so Indians are looking up to the zamindar. Wow, you know, the zamindar Geo, uh, reliance. But actually, they have opened the gates for foreign uh, surveillance for foreign big data capturing of Indians, for foreign uh, control over us. Uh, we're becoming slaves of these things. Rather than, rather than Geo saying we'll make have a, an Indian platform, we'll have an Indian search engine, we'll have an Indian social media, which the way China did, rather, it has the deep pockets of one of the few companies that could do it, Geo, Tata's few people. Rather than doing that, they sold it to the, they sold out the Indian population to the uh, uh, American giants and said, you come and take over, but just give us enough money for it. So I talked to this friend of mine, this uh, person whom I look up to, he's a good person, uh, and he was so confused. Why don't you name it? Subramanian Swami. Dr. Subramanian Swami, whom I respect a lot, I said he said, look, I'll post, I'll get your article published in a couple of days. I, I guarantee. So I sent it to him and I heard nothing. And then I called him and he says, but I can't understand. What are you saying? How is it possible that with this data sitting far away, they will compromise us? I am not sure I understand all this artificial intelligence, how it could do this. I said, you know, Dr. Swami, Artificial intelligence is like the industrial revolution. It's having that big an impact on society. And imagine an economist 200 years ago during that revolution said, I don't know anything about industrial revolution. What kind of economist would it be? I mean, we had a nice friendly chat. Uh, and then I said, you're concerned about how does it hack the mind? Well, you know, people are in the US are accusing Putin for hacking the US elections. How did that happen? I mean, there's so much of this uh, hacking going on. There's Cambridge Analytica a company that did hacking in India also. So this, this business of hacking is real and you have to understand it. So he, in fact, put out a press release supporting when I had sent him privately my case, 10-page 10 10 long case, why India 
should not allow this investment. At least there should be a hearing. There should be some safeguards. I would like to present a contrarian view. People should listen to it. We should not rush into it. He put out a press release. My article didn't get published. He didn't publish it. Uh, he put out a press release supporting the investment. So in fact, he took the opposite view. He supported the investment, giving the Reliance party line that this is good for Reliance. It'll relieve their debt. They'll get money into the country. Come on. I mean, that's like East India Company buying out uh, the Raja, putting him on an elephant and giving him 21-gun salute and all the people running around saying we are very honored and very proud because look at how much money they've given us to buy us out. So I, so I, what I'm trying to tell you is I have a lot of respect for Dr. Swami. I'm going to have this discussion with him soon to, to understand whether he's rethinking this policy. But this is common among people in management, people in economics, uh, government economic advisors, completely clueless. Uh, econo economists in Niti Aayog, I have been I have been talking to, not well educated in AI. Spiritual gurus, not educated on AI. So you know, we are we are kind of uh, uh, highly vulnerable. You know, the importance of breakthrough technologies, you can understand. Babur brought cannons in the Battle of Plassey, and that India didn't have cannons. And the Portuguese and other Europeans brought on boats and ships. They brought uh, cannons and uh, they had better uh, instruments, navigation and this and that. And so it is the technological superiority which allowed them to conquer and rule. British had so many technological advantages, including the Industrial Revolution, and they denied India uh, setting up its own industries. So AI is this kind of a weapon now. AI will define not only haves and have-nots among individuals, but also among nations. And the recolonization of India is a realistic possibility. How does it sit with Narendra Modi, Prime Minister Narendra Modi's slogan of Atmanirbhar Bharat? Because he's constantly evoking this image and trying to inspire entrepreneurs to set up startups. But if startups means, you know, setting a little pottery unit or a Zomato type of supply chain, I mean, then we're not going very far with it because the world has moved on. So, you know, what will happen is my scenario of India is not very uh, positive. Uh, I have a five battlegrounds. Battleground five is stress testing India's sovereignty. But you will also uh, link it to your thesis in this book that the AI is going to be breaking India 2.0. Uh, how does it link with the earlier breaking India forces? So, you know, just like in the previous book, I went uh, into uh, many organizations, the foreign nexuses. Some of it I was able to go in myself. Some of it I hired people and let them go in because they wouldn't let me in. So this kind of a, a ability to go in, to spend a few years understanding what they're up to, what are they funding in India? What is their game plan? I was able to do that. And hence, my book was uh, providing evidence-based uh, the theory ahead of its time. And then for the last 10 years, everybody is sort of copying that idea and giving new examples. But the basic framework was there. Same way this AI book. In the last few years, I've gone into organizations which are very deeply involved in using this artificial intelligence to undermine India socially. India socially, politically. So the breaking India forces will become BI 2.0, breaking India 2.0, because they'll, they'll be able to use all these technologies to make gather in India, to create chaos in India, to create political upheaval, to create violence, to create riots. 
Now, uh, when the when the there were anti-CAA and uh, 370 riots in Delhi, a lot of people started talking about you know George Soros is doing it. Okay, but these are superficial view. What I know about what these guys are doing using artificial intelligence. Some of the things I've not even put in the book because I'm writing a sequel to it. And I also want people to understand what I've written already in this book and then I'll go further. But just to tell you a little bit, the, for, there are certain nexuses like that. Uh, there, are, there, is a, there is a whole thing called artificial intelligence and Christianity. And they're talking about the future of evangelism, the future of missionaries. There is AI, the, left, the global left has adopted AI for what they call social justice. This whole idea of social justice is being put into these algorithms. So your algorithm will be tagged, ranked based on whether it promotes their idea of social justice. My post will be tagged. And if you are complying with them more, they'll morph you, they'll morph your thinking, modulate your thinking, the way you say things, what you should say, what you should not say in order to become more popular in the social media. So this social media, moronizing the people, brainwashing the people, taking over their agency as a way of... Uh, furthering their idea of social justice. So this, but this social justice is not some Vedic idea of social justice. It's not a dharmic idea of social justice. It's a global left idea of social justice. So the social justice movement has ju now been turbocharged with a force multiplier called AI. AI is a huge weapon. They have a big lead on this. Now, now what, uh, I, I, I won't disclose certain names, but I will tell you some well-known international, very wealthy guys, Soros being only one of them, I just mentioned his name, have invested in India. They have got ventures in India. One of them got more than 10 uh, uh, startups with very benign names. Some of them are tech startups. Some of them are human rights startups. Some of them are, in fact, some of them are called AI ethics. So in fact, they, oh so, you know, there are a lot of companies, a lot of uh, star, uh, AI ethics and AI watchdogs in the United States that are actually funded by people like Google. They are funding organizations to be the watchdogs. <laughs> Imagine that. Uh, so there is something called, you know, responsible AI, open AI, AI for, you know, democracy, AI for minorities. But when you look in the details, a lot of the people who are behind the scenes supporting it are these uh, Facebook, Google, uh, Microsoft, these kind of people have su supported because they want to be self-regulating. They want to know what the opponents will think. Uh, so a guy like me who is completely independent of them is bad news for them because I'm like I'm seen as a whistleblower because I know the technology. I don't care about getting anything out of them and I'm going to talk about what they're up to. So the, this ability of controlling the discourse, even the discourse that opposes you, you, you make it sound like you're very sporting. You know, there was a recent scandal when Google hired a woman, uh, a, a minority woman, very brilliant on the AI AI and bias, because there's a whole there's a whole movement called that AI is biased because it's biased against blacks, it's biased against LGBTQ, uh, because the kind of data and examples you use to learn to train the machine are biased examples. So if you look at crime and you look at uh, facial recognition and whatnot, then a lot of blacks will show up as criminals. So when there's a black face, then it is correlated that this guy must be a criminal. So there is this bias in AI. And when they are screening people for jobs, they're screening resumes and so on, AI is screening for jobs, they, they, they kind of uh, uh, are biased against certain groups. So there is a whole movement now, thanks to the blacks and, uh, you know, and, and, the, men, and the, the feminists and so on, they've started these movements called AI and bias. And there's no, of course, Hindu voice. I'm the only guy who's talking in there in these forums. 
Now, AI and bias became such an important thing that Facebook hired a head of AI and bias, Google hired, all these companies got to hire somebody to show that we are concerned about AI and bias. And this woman's job was in, in Google, her job was to look at Google's policies and Google's behavior and keep flagging if there was bias. It sounded like a very nice thing. But you know, they fired her. They got rid of her because she wrote an article. <laughs> she wrote, she published an article pointing out that uh, she thought this is her job. She pointing out that some of the practices that Google has are actually very biased. And so she got fired. So, you know, so, the, so this, this is happening in the United States. There's a big battleground going on. India knows nothing about it. Indian people don't want to hear about it. They, they, they invite me to talk about some Hindu phobia and some old breaking India topics. When I say I want to talk about artificial intelligence, they suddenly they silence. People say, why do you want to talk about artificial intelligence? That's something esoteric and maybe it's science fiction. We don't even know. Our people are so dumb and so ignorant. And I tell you, this is the whole literati the, all these uh, people, celebrities with their YouTube channels and Twitter handles and uh, they're doing their manthans and all these Jaipur Literary Festival and all kind of other literary festivals, they have no clue about this AI, huge AI thing happening. And that's why India is in trouble. Rajiv, you mentioned that you had to go undercover to gather details on the Breaking India 2.0 nexuses. Right. Why have you not gone public with these details? What are you afraid of? So the, uh, the people who let me down are my fellow Hindu activists. Many of them, many of the Hindu activists, they were basically interested in plagiarizing this knowledge without doing any hard work themselves, without acknowledging the source, setting me aside. Even you mentioned once or twice when you went to Goa, they were doing a panel and on stage, you said, this is a panel all about Rajiv's work. Why isn't he here? The point is that I tried to get in. They said, no. So this, so there is a there is a lack of genuine research and original thinking, and so mediocre people want to use somebody else's ideas to climb up to the top because they are better at PR. They have they have more contacts. They are sitting in Delhi all the time doing this politics. I am not there. So what is what 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 will happen if I were to reveal all my knowledge in one shot? Is that they will quickly gobble all this, go running to the to the bosses of these uh, various uh, organizations, and leave me aside. And so I, I have been betrayed by them and I don't want to uh, empower them. No, are you saying that even the process of your gathering intelligence was risky? Of course that it, risky. it could endanger you. It, 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 firstly, I don't want to compromise my, uh, my informants. I mean, uh, they use the term native informants. I have got informants too. So I got informants who are in the Soros organization. I've got informants in some of these other organizations. I've got, I've got somebody who's monitoring uh, AI and Christianity, uh, writing papers. Could you explain that? What, how are Christian missions using AI for speeding up uh, conversions? So first of all, you know, AI can be used to create what are called deep fakes. Deep fake is a video where it will look like Madhu Kishwar is making a certain speech, but actually I've drafted what, what Madhu Kishwar will be shown as saying. It will be your face. It will be your voice. It will have exactly your body language, but it will be a fake. These are called deep fakes. So if you go to YouTube and you can look at deep fake of Obama, somebody made a deep fake of Obama uh, talking nonsense, nonsense, just to illustrate, somebody made a deep fake of uh, Zuckerberg. So you could make a deep fake of Modi. 
you could start you could uh, start a war you could say deep wodi uh, comes on the air and says i push this button i'm nukes bhej rahe hain pakistan ko and if it looks really authentic you know wow that could create havoc so this deep fake now you can create deep fakes against a local guru against a local hindu uh, priest uh, the christians can do mischief by putting out false information by putting out fake news all this ai enables on a very grand scale and ai also enables targeting so the, so by knowing who are the people who go to this church who are the people who go to this temple what is the happening in their fight fight in the family this person needs money so the surveillance of at down at the village level uh, in terms of using big data and figuring out the map of who are the prospects who where do you send your missionaries what message should you send to this family versus that family this people got a disease in the family this people got a big fight in the family so what how your message should be modulated uh, targeting just like you can use ai to sell shoes you can use ai to sell christianity so there is uh, evangelism missionary work now there is also a paper i saw where they said that uh, robots will be used to, uh, to do missionary to do relief work so when you have a tsunami or when you have an earthquake or whatever uh, you know to amplify the message of uh, besides human beings there'll be robots giving away relief work and food and it'll create a lot of sensation a lot of excitement villagers will get very thrilled that there is all this technology but these robots also are, are going to be programmed to give out verses from the bible so they will be preaching also while giving handing things out so they are so the use of ai is both listening and surveillance also messaging also so you know uh, uh, they can create posts uh, ai can create uh, posts in english or any language which are so well written that you won't be able to tell that a machine wrote it so already during the pandemic the missionaries and the islamists actually used government relief money and government goods that they were distributing the government in fact sought their in intervention and the scale and the speed of conversions really skyrocketed i'll give you one data point i have one big information i have and that is using ai to target migrant workers who are displaced and their families who felt betrayed and left uh, abandoned so keeping track the, with ai you know you know it's very interesting uh, my, uh, facebook knows more down at the village level where there's disruption where the, because there's something called sentiment analysis by looking at your text there is in natural language processing by the way with that all that is based on computational linguistics which is based on panini's grammar that's a whole different story actually we have given them all this a lot lot of this how to process meaning out of natural language and i've been talking to my friends who gave this away for the last 10 years a lot of them good friends but they gave it away because they got good money for it but that's a whole separate discussion Uh, how panini's language was the basis of computational linguistics and how computational linguistics is the basis of natural language processing and all of this happening with natural language processing is one of the pillars of artificial intelligence so now what they can do is they they can um, uh, there is something called sentiment analysis Uh, the, uh, the, uh, the, uh, which which allows them to uh, measure the sentiment of a person a community on a topic is this, are, are are the people responding positively negatively and ai can do it very quick and you don't need a lot of human beings involved so you can be surveilling and monitoring people's moods all the time and so the the where computational linguistics comes in is uh, in understanding the, the the language in which you are writing Uh, with, without needing a human being to actually understand the meaning of what you are writing, and being able to compose 
you know, there, are, there have been competitions where uh, people are asked to write an AI program that will uh, write an essay on today's news or you give some information or to what is, write an 800 word essay on following topic, whatever the topic is. And then these, uh, AI, these AI written programs are given to human judges to see what they think. And some of the programs are so good that the judge cannot tell which one is a human writer and which one is an AI writer. The AI, AI can write, uh, write uh, editorials that are indis indistinguishable from a human editor work the work wow. of a human editor. So this is power uh, of producing messaging in videos, in posts, uh, in all kinds of languages you can translate into. So obviously, missionaries can use it, Islamists can use it, Maoists can use it. Hindus are nowhere on the scene. Hindus don't even want to listen to me. Hindus feel that this is Hindu phobia ke mein, Wendy ke mein, like this. Now he's talking about AI. Uska kya baat hai? We, something gone wrong with Rajiv. I keep telling them that this book makes my previous books obsolete because this is breaking India 2.0. Even when people discuss the social disruptive or positive effects of AI, they usually have in mind industries, they usually have scientific domains in mind but not many see it impacting the fundamental models and theories used in the social sciences yes but you have written extensively in this book on how ai is disrupting the social sciences as disciplines right now could you please already we have the most messed up uh, social science uh, regime in india where we've been fed all kinds of fake narratives, whether history, politics, sociology. And now you're saying AI is going to add further or in a way scale it up many times over. It's something we're not even prepared for. So, you know, social sciences take, uh, there are many aspects to it. So each one AI is affecting. Data gathering. So, you know, in the old days, you would send anthropologists, they would spend a long time, gather a lot of data about something in a village. Today, the behavior of people is being done through surveillance very quickly. So today, you know, in this village, this happened, that village, that happened. There was a death in this village. So the messaging has turned into this way. That village, there's a new you know, craze, something new happening. This movie is doing well, that not doing. So whatever is the mood of people, whatever is the economy of people, whether they're spending more money, less money, monitored on a daily basis, on a village by village basis, on a community basis, on a jati basis, is, is what these guys are able to do. In fact, uh, Google started giving seminars in Mumbai on, uh, on different kind of uh, uh, small and medium-sized industries, what are the trends, and, and, you know, when you look at it, you wonder, my God, they have so much data that our, I asked a person from the Indian Statistical Institute, how do you gather data at the village level? And the data that is published by ISI, the Indian Statistical Institute is one year old. So in 2021, they'll publish data based on surveys they did last year. So I said, but what about yesterday? What about last week? What about trends? How long does it take you? He said, we do sampling, we send a human team, they go up traveling and they gather this data. So it's the old fashioned labor intensive way of gathering data. And so this new machine learning with huge amount of big data available is able to gather this data very quickly. And, and your cell phones, what pictures you've uploaded are, are scanned, what messages you sent are scanned. So imagine this huge amount of big data educating and informing uh, this kind of a surveillance brain somewhere. Uh, 
okay and our people don't have any uh, don't have a clue our government doesn't have a clue indian indian industry hasn't produced any products of that kind but luckily lot of indians are in this industry working at the behest of foreigners they are, they are working for foreigners they are not working they are not doing make in india they are doing make but in but if the government decided to say come back they don't go at their own expense china funds them but they are required to come back so it's a different policy that's a whole strategy so as far as social science is concerned the data gathering of social sciences is obsolete because now this new method of data gathering is for much more data more detailed and very quick then the data the social sciences have to come up with patterns what are the patterns of behavior is it for a caste is it based on gender so you know as you know as a, so being a being having been in this field the the data has to be then processed statistically and the machine learning systems are far more sophisticated in looking for patterns looking for patterns and then these patterns can be turned into theories predictive models so now the predictive model based on ai is far better this neural network based uh, ai model predicting the behavior of a community predicting the behavior of some class of people far far superior to the social sciences model in fact uh, i went and looked for social scientists in india to become uh, to be, uh, bring them along while i was writing this book because i thought they would love it uh, i found very mediocre people and these are people who are faculty members in delhi university people who were introduced to me as very brilliant and bright i didn't find smart people and they weren't not only they hadn't thought of this and so on which i can understand but even when i gave them drafts to read here is a chapter draft which talks about this social the impact on social sciences i have all that in my book they couldn't even read it understand it give me any meaningful analysis or feedback so i think there are india social scientists are very much behind the ones in the west because we've used western models in india and in america in the united states and in europe social scientists are beginning to get very interested in use of ai so what will happen is this western social scientists in the past developed theories and exported to india all the india social sciences in india use western theories now ai based new ways of doing social sciences will also be exported from the west to india because the indian guys are buddhus they are they're just not very smart i mean i don't know what else to say so so india india is a generation behind forget social science guys being buddhus rajiv what it tells me i mean the big warning is that even our existing intelligence agencies who are supposed to gather intelligence by actually moving among people having sources even they do such a bad job they've never been able to predict uh, where trouble is brewing whether it's shahinbag or the farmers protest you can see how ham handed the government has been in handling these fake propped up agitations and on the other side the agitationists are obviously using what you describe they seem to have access to ai models of uh, mind manipulation yes so i will tell you one thing suppose magically suppose magically the owners and top people in twitter and facebook and so on were to say that look we are going to uh, 
support the Hindu cause. And anytime we see uh, all this whispering and all this chatter, uh, all this conf- conspiracy coming together and mobilization coming together, some meetings are going to happen, some rallies are going to happen. We have the brains, we have the intelligence and the surveillance to anticipate what's going to happen. We are actually going to shut it down. We are actually going to uh, advise the Indian police or Indian authorities. If they wanted to, they could do that. And of course, this is, this is part of the negotiation. India always looking for surveillance data. And then in exchange, India gives them the right to operate. When India says, we will, we will shut you down unless you do this, that, that, they will say, okay, we won't, we won't interfere with Modi. We won't give us 50, give us 50 or 100 or 200 handles. And those will be given a total freedom. We will not interfere with them. But in exchange, we want some freedom from our side to operate in your country. Now, this is, they are very smart people. They are like the East India Company. I'll tell you what has happened is China has pretty much colonized Pakistan already. China has Mm. got a few lakh, a few lakh surveillance cameras, CCTV cameras connected with uh, facial recognition and image recognition. All this big data going into Chinese uh, is Chinese property, Chinese servers. And so they are keeping track of what this general is doing. Is he having an affair? Is he meeting with this guy? What is this uh, terrorist doing? Who is he meeting? Where is he going? So all this surveillance that previously the intelligence bureau would do or RAW would do for India, and similarly, the ISI would do for Pakistan is all being done through artificial intelligence because this is this technology is so much more powerful. And the people who own it are the Chinese in the case of uh, in the case of Pakistan, and the people who own it in the case of India are the American private companies. China has also pretty much colonized Africa. They have a deal with some countries in Africa. I've seen those contracts, the agreements where the garb, the pretext is that we are giving you surveillance for national security. We'll protect you. You are the king or you are the dictator and we'll protect you. And we'll tell you, we'll keep track of who's gossiping and who's doing what and keep you uh, uh, protected. But in the process, they're also, uh, they're also able to blackmail that their own client. So it's like the East India company protecting Raja A and making sure that uh, Raja B and C don't uh, harm him. But in the process of protecting Raja B, their spies are also giving them information on how to compromise Raja A. So while he's a client today, tomorrow, if he turns against you uh, and you need to blackmail him, you have all the data. So the the, the ability of uh, foreign surveillance and foreign big data companies and AI companies to blackmail India is huge and to blackmail Pakistan is huge. So we are heading towards recolonization. Yeah, you know, uh, given the way decisions are taken, made and unmade in India, it doesn't look like we are a free country. Um, so this is going to make things, make India so much more vulnerable. Rajiv, this has not only been very stimulating, as you always are, but also terribly worrying and spine chilling. Um, we'll take a short break and then do part two uh, in a day or two. Thank you.